0: 11-Dubcast! It's the 11-Dubcast! Let's not talk about basketball, because it's depressing! Uh, I'm Johnny Ginner. I'm Michael Citro. Yeah, basketball! We lose to Wisconsin in in horrible, disgusting fashion. Uh, Did you think the game was going to be close? Because I have a buddy who is all about, like, man, Ohio State. And and granted, I respect this buddy's opinion. I am not trying to dismiss him Mm -hmm. as a sports fan. He's an intelligent man um, but he thought this he thought Ohio State was gonna win I thought to be fair I thought it was gonna be a fairly close game I thought they, they were
1: still gonna lose mm-hmm. but did you
0: think it was gonna turn out the way it did I
1: did I do not uh, no I did not think it was gonna turn out the way it did I'm really one of those people that thinks okay Ohio State at home under Thad Mata is usually pretty tough pretty tough out yeah. no matter what but um, and I have been waiting for Mark loving like the real Mark Loving to come back you know, so I'm waiting for him to have one of these 16, 18 point nights, you know, uh, to just bust out of his shell, hit a, you know, hit a bunch of threes and, you know, that combined with D'Angelo Russell, you know, I think, uh, I was thinking, yeah, we could, I, it would be an upset, but I think it was, you know, I thought going in, it was possible for Ohio state to win that game. And, um, I actually did not get to watch the game, uh, Live because I was out at another event, but uh, I was when I saw the score, I, I just was so deflated. But then, and then, it, and it hit me. It's like here it is. We are doing it again. We're in that you know bipolar Ohio State basketball thing where we're like, I was like, oh, we came from behind to beat Purdue. Oh, we lost we to Wisconsin. It.
2: <laughs>
1: it's like it's always either like awesome or horrible. There's like never anything in between. And I think kind of we have yeah. to we have to kind of accept this year that it's in between. There's going to be games. That they're that they're you know they make you feel really good in games they make you feel really bad now going forward they better not make you feel bad very often or <laughs> it's gonna be a real short end of the season but uh, right uh, yeah I thought they could compete with um, with Wisconsin from an athletic standpoint certainly um, but you know when Wisconsin runs their you know their their buzz cut offense uh, to its to perfection they're really sound fundamentally, and sometimes when you have more of a playground-type team uh, or a transition-type team, they they have trouble against those types of teams sometimes. So Right. Um,
0: well, see, so that's the thing I was thinking about, though, because, like, you know, I wanted to be optimistic about this game, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, I was like, simple basketball math should tell us that this is not going to end well for Ohio State, right? <laughs> like, just because of the – you know, you look at like, guys like Kaminsky and all these other dudes, and you're like, man – Ohio State is just not match up well against a team like Wisconsin, and I think we got the result that mathematicians would have uh, probably told you that that you would have gotten. With that said, Ohio State is still like seven to two. You know th- that's the odds that they're being given. At least last time I saw the Big Ten tournament, which makes no <laughs> sense to me. Uh, but fine, whatever. I guess Vegas is all about the Buckeyes. Whatever. Um, I'm not. But you know, I agree with you. This is an up and down team. That's just who they are. They they make some boneheaded mistakes. They're streaky. But they could be very entertaining in the postseason. I definitely think this coming weekend and then, you know, into March Madness, it's going to be fun. I mean, I, I want them to just open it up and hopefully just be a fun team to watch. I don't expect them to win the championship or even the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just want to be entertained, basically. Yeah, just, they um, should just
1: go out and play loose. And, you know, if the shots fall early, then they're going to be tough to beat. If the shots yeah. don't, you know, if the shots don't fall and they, they start to press a little bit, then, you know, it can things can get tough. The main thing is... The, the main thing where I like Ohio State in the postseason is they traditionally under Thadmon have played an unbelievable defensive game, and That's true. defense really—I mean, they, it's the cliche that defense wins championships. But in in March Madness, it seems to be true that if you can lock down the other team, cause a couple of uh, shot clock violations, frustrate the other team, get a couple steals, uh, which Ohio State is good at doing, then you know you can um, you can beat a team that you maybe aren't supposed to beat.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, so, we'll you know, we'll dive into more of that uh, probably after the Big Ten Tournament, see where Isaiah is seated. Uh, the second question, and, and we're going to keep this one pretty brief uh, this week, the, the intro section here. Um, but the second thing I want to ask about, so spring practice is starting, right? Uh-huh. It's, it's ramping up a little bit. Uh, how do you how do you feel about it? Are, are you feeling confident? Like, that, you know, there's some rumors about Braxton Miller. What, what are you uh, what are you looking for
1: this spring? I just want them to get through the spring without any further injury problems, really It's kind of yeah. the way I approach spring i I like hearing the stories out of camp about the you know the the early enrollee freshman that's just incredible and is wowing everybody um because you know inevitably the fall comes and they never get on the field and it's hilarious but um uh you yeah, <laughs> but I still like hearing those stories and i you know I kind of from my perspective, I like to see who is going to win those battles that are left behind by the seniors, you know like Um, right you know with Daryl Baldwin leaving the offensive line who's going to get that spot and who's going to be taking Evan Spencer's role and that kind of thing I mean those are the kinds of things that I look for Um, you know Durant Grant left so you're going to have Eli Apples probably going to take his spot who's going to be the number two guy at cornerback I mean these are the things that I look for early because a lot of times in the spring you can you can get a sense of what the depth chart is going to look like in the fall
2: yeah
0: and that's kind of what I'm looking for too like you, you know you want to find those guys who, you know, we make fun of them. We're like, ah, you're a spring game all-star. All right, way mm-hmm. to go. And, but, you know, you want to look for guys that might make an impact, that look good. I agree, injuries you want to avoid. That's obviously a huge thing. But I just, I, you know, it's, it's, it's been so long, Michael. I just want to see some <laughs> American football, some, some gridiron out there. Like, I, I feel yes. like,
1: <laughs> yes,
0: you know, I feel like it's been months.
1: It has. Um, it has been months.
0: Yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be an interesting uh, spring game, even though there's not a lot of, there's drama, but it's not going to be on the field, Uh, you know, but it's back at Ohio Stadium, it's going to be fun to be in Columbus, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it, so hopefully those are the things that we see, the the entertaining aspects as as opposed to like the nail-biting, panic-inducing ones (laughs) that, you know, spring has not necessarily been super kind to Ohio State in the past at times, so. Hopefully uh, you know, it's it's a very calm, relaxed, kind of fun spring. I want to see that, Joey something. I
1: wanna see Joey Burrow. That's who I wanna see this spring. I'm I'm still go. oh, yeah. that kid. I wanna I wanna see him play.
0: Yeah, seeing some of these incoming guys from the class is gonna be ridiculous. So I look forward to that.
1: I don't even know if Joey Burrow's early enrollee, so I don't even know if that made any sense. <laughs> 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 it might not have, but that's okay. It's the spring.
0: Okay, joining us tonight is uh, outgoing Eleven Warriors beat writer. Very sad, but but we're happy for you, Pat, because you're also a freelance writer for the New York Times now, which is amazing. And we wanted to have you on for the first time, and I guess hopefully not the last time. Uh, you know, before you piece out here and, and kind of ask you about the Ohio State beat and the experiences that you had. So we're really glad to have you on tonight.
3: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's you know I'm going out with a bang. I haven't been on yet, so first. Hopefully it won't be my last. I'll be in Columbus and plugged in. So. Literally so.
0: dozens of people are, are waiting with bated breath to see what you're going to say. So, Yeah, they sure um, yeah <laughs> including all of our moms. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, I guess the first thing that I want to ask you about, I, this is kind of a, a weird Ohio State basketball season. I don't want to dwell too much on it. But what yeah. I do want to ask you, and, and to get like a last bit of basketball information is what's kind of the attitude on the team right now? What's it like from your perspective watching these guys definitely go through this ridiculous up-and-down season?
3: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I've been, you know, I think even from my time at the Lantern um, to covering the team last year, and then this year I was, you know, more of a football writer but just being around them, Ohio State's always kind of been interesting to me because no matter what kind of happens in the regular season, this is kind of a team um, that has proven that it, uh, it still sets its sights on, and, on returning to the Final Four, which I've always thought is kind of interesting. Um, especially, you know, I think you kind of have the same vibe from the team last year as this year where they've had their ups and downs, yet they still remain confident that they can make this, um, you know, deep run in the postseason, um, which is, you know, I think it, it speaks volumes about the confidence that this group has, especially among guys like Sam Thompson, Shannon Scott, who are kind of supposed to be the senior leaders of the team. Um, but it's also kind of interesting because if you watched the Wisconsin game and you and you heard this team say that they think they can make the Final Four, you'd laugh because they just they were outclassed and clobbered by the Badgers. And it was so clear that um, Wisconsin looks like cream in the crop in college basketball this season. Ohio State has, is missing a lot of pieces, and there's a lot of um, huh. inherent – I think there's been a lot of inherent defects on Ohio State that just haven't gotten solved in the last couple of years. It's interesting. It's like – You look at Shannon Scott, you look at Sam Thompson, um, and and I'm just pointing those two out because they've been around the program for a while, but, you know, these guys are talented. But for whatever reason, just you haven't seen them really put it together for a full season. Ohio State obviously has DeAndre Russell, who's been um, really consistent. You know, even his bad nights are 17 points, you know, five rebounds, five assists a game. Um, And, you know, you might be able to kind of will them to some victories, but you have to wonder um, whether or not this team's, you know, I think that, you know, after the Wisconsin game, if I was Ohio State, I would be kind of rattled because, you know, Wisconsin really, really um, had their way with the Buckeyes on Sunday. I thought, I, I honestly thought Ohio State would have a really good chance because I think they were 18-1 and one at home before that, and they always seemed to kind of right. pull these wins out. Um, and you're just like, wow, you know, that's another Fadmata, you know, kind of trademark March win. And then they kind of carry that momentum into the postseason. And they just did not. I mean, they got crushed. So, I, you know, I think it's interesting compared to years past, um, where the team still has that confidence, but they're really facing um, a game that might have just wiped all of that away.
1: Yeah, Patrick, um, in your in your time with Eleven Warriors, and um, you know, before you fade into obscurity at this um, uh, this paper, <laughs> oh, is New, New York New York Times, is am I saying that right? I've never heard of it. I, I um, think. So.
3: I am very low on the hierarchy, for the record. I'm not just a freelancer. I'm a, I'm a peon. I'm a complete peon.
1: But yeah. Oh, so like me at Eleven Warriors, basically. Um, anyway, in your in your time at Eleven Warriors, you've gotten the incredible opportunity to cover a national championship uh, season uh, for the football team. And I wanted to just ask you a little bit about the you know, getting to go to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl and getting to go to Dallas for the national championship game. And I wanted to get your thoughts on, like, which of those trips, like, meant more to you or were, like, maybe more memorable?
3: Yeah, I, it's, kind of, it's tricky. Um, and I've had questions like that before. It's interesting because, like, as far as trips, I think the New Orleans one stands out a little bit more. Um, I think that's partially because it was longer, and it was, I think we had more time to kind of get entrenched to it. It was like, you know, every day you wake up and you would just, I know I'd just be working from, you know, essentially, honestly, sun up to sundown, just covering the team, um, doing different interviews and stuff like that. And you're just very much a part of this whole spectacle that's kind of going on for a week with the game, you know, kind of being everything building up to the game at the end of the week. Whereas the national championship in Dallas, I think um, it was, I think, well, you know, we got there on like a, a you know, Berman and I got there delayed because of our flight troubles. Um, But then we were only there for three or or four days, and it's such a blur, really. Um, I think there was something about covering a Sugar Bowl and and being in the Superdome that was kind of cool. And the buzz around the Ohio State-Alabama game was really, really, um, I thought pretty special. I think it was kind of cool watching all the Ohio State fans and the Alabama fans, like, borderline riot and fight each other on Bourbon Street. (laughs) Um, it was it was kind of interesting to me. And just I think that build up is what was really cool to watch. And for whatever reason I just I think as a sports writer it's cool to watch um and not to say that Oregon's fan base wasn't a solid group, but Ohio State's fan base and Alabama's fan base are probably two of the more rabid ones in the sport. And when you put them in a city like New Orleans, which is just basically just uh, this like town full of like sin and liquor, um and it's just it's pretty crazy to watch what happened but i mean it was cool you know it's, it's kind of it's interesting because you know new orleans it's you know you have bourbon street and you have all these you have all this the night lights and everything but when you're there to work you really i know like i didn't really get to go out very much at all um i think by new even new year's eve i called it a night at like midnight i think i was back and sleeping in the hotel um i you know i watched the ball drop on the east coast we were an hour behind and was like well i'm going to bed um, you know, it just that's what I remember from it. But I think New Orleans was cooler than Dallas. And I think it was also because the hotel we were staying at was so close to everything in the downtown, whereas Dallas is a much more um, spread out city. But, yeah, you get to really – you get to go on a lot of cool trips. And, like, even just some of the games from the regular season, I mean, I really liked that Penn State game. That was my favorite game to cover of the year. Uh, that was the craziest atmosphere I'd ever seen Um, the the stadium was literally, you know, I think, you know, saying stadium's electric is kind of cliche, but sometimes it's actually true. I mean, Penn State was unbelievable. That crowd was unreal. And the game itself, you know, it was kind of like, uh, it was such a defensive struggle on both sides, you know, for both teams. But, um, I've just never, I think with just the, I don't know, something about the crowd that night was really, really something that I'll never forget.
0: That's awesome. Uh, you know what? So I kind of have a two part question here then. Yeah. Um, I know that beat writers tend to have like their favorites when it comes to players and stuff just because they they might give a good interview or they right. give good quotes and stuff like that. First question that I have for you is, um, you know, who is kind of some of your favorite guys to interview? And I guess the second thing is, what is your maybe most memorable interview that you've done uh, doing this?
3: Yeah, those are good questions. Let me think. So the first one that favorite guys to interview um, this past season were probably Darren Lee, Joshua Perry, uh, Darren Lee, because Darren Lee, if you caught him in the right moment, he would just say whatever. And it, you're not trying to beat the kids at all. Like, I, you know, I've never tried to bait a kid, but, like, you want somebody just to talk to you and be honest and not spew out this, like, computer-programmed right. answer, and it's just like, this is garbage. Like, this isn't really interesting. Darren Lee would be, you know, even if it comes across as cocky, it's, it's better than him just being like, oh, well... This is a great team, great team win. So I always like going to Darren Lee, especially midway through the season. I remember after they crushed Illinois and they were about to play Michigan State, Darren Lee was just spewing all this stuff. And I was like, wow. I'm like, I never thought I'd get a kind first game interview after Illinois. Um, Joshua Perry is another really great interview because the kid's super smart um, and super thoughtful. So it was just kind of always because sometimes when, when you talk to some of the guys that are a little more eloquent, um, they don't and they unintentionally i think sometimes pull back the curtain um into the inner workings of the program sometimes just by the way they'll say things and sometimes you can kind of pick up on the hints um and so i've always thought that was kind of interesting mike bennett's another one um who was really 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 good to talk to just because again like joshua perry was so thoughtful um i'm trying to think of some other guys there was uh, a couple, when Bradley Roby, before Bradley Roby became a diva in 2013, he was my favorite interview <laughs> in 2012. He was fantastic. After the Nebraska game, he told everyone he had a dream and his dad had a dream about getting a pick six and then he actually did it and he was like talking about how Ohio State was going to win the AP National Championship because they couldn't actually play in a bowl. And then I think later that season, Bradley Roby started talking, that's was after the Wisconsin game when they won in overtime. Um, or maybe it was double overtime, something like that. And Bradley Roby was talking about how they were road warriors, and they took pride in, like, coming into someone's stadium and, like, making, making the opposing team lose in front of their moms and their girlfriends and their sisters and, like, <laughs> robbing their house and everything they own. And I was like, my God. Um, so Bradley Robey for a while was, like, my favorite interview. He was absolutely my go-to. And even, like, the, the first part of the 2013 season, he was saying all sorts of crazy stuff for the Wisconsin game that year. And then it was like after Evan Spencer's wipe the floor comments and that whole fallout, I remember Bradley Roby walked past us and looked at us and goes, I ain't talking to you bleep bleep ever again. And I was like, oh, hello. we're not going to be talking to Bradley Roby. And so honestly, from that point on, the kid was kind of a jerk to us. Um, and I lost a lot of respect for him. You know, I thought he was always a good player. And he had not been playing well that year. And it, I think there was a correlation between him not playing well and him kind of being a jerk to the media. Um, it's always interesting, interesting. And so it's a really weird bond between, like, reporters and the players, because I think there's sometimes a, you know, it's like, I don't care if they like me, honestly, and, like, I, you know, there's some players that I think are better to talk to, and um, I, I might have a higher opinion of some of the players than others, but I think there's always sort of, as long as there's, like, a mutual respect that, like, hey I have a job to do, and I know you have a job to do, everything kind of works out fine, but it's it's always I mean, I could talk for hours and hours and hours about kind of the relations that we have with the players in terms of interviews and even the coaching staff, too.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing, right? Because it's, it's a really interesting dynamic because you can't really be their buddies, but it's, it's good to have some kind of personal relationship with them to, like, get, yeah, you know, you a want, conversation going.
3: You want to be a human <laughs> being. You don't want to just be – I mean, like, sometimes if there's a question that's got to be asked, you got to ask it. It's not – like, I'm not there to be their buddy, Um, right you know I also understand that like I mean I'm 24 I'm not that much older than these guys some of them are closer to my age Um, so it's kind of interesting you know it's like I don't want to be you know like for example like Joshua Perry is a really nice guy you can kind of banter with them and kind of develop a professional rapport I think that's a good way to put it but there's always um, you you have to walk a very fine line um, because you know you're covering them that that is your job and it's uh, I I don't know it's always it's always been interesting and I think it depends on what your approach is. I think some, some people in the Ohio state are a little more friendly. Um, and it depends on, I think honestly, whether it just depends on how seriously I think you take your job sometimes. Um, but for me, it's always been, you know, I think it's important to develop a professional rapport in a certain respect because you want to be a human being with these guys. Um, but there's, there's definitely a line there too.
1: Yeah, Patrick, uh, one of the things that I used to talk about when I was, uh, you know, a reporter, a sports reporter, was we would talk to other guys about what our, you know, what the best press boxes were. And that could be, you know, not just this, you know, how helpful and friendly the staff were, but also the food and, you know, all the whole experience <laughs> of, you know, you know, sight lines <laughs> and the whole nine yards. So I want to get your top three press boxes uh, that you've been in covering Ohio State for uh, 11 Warriors.
3: Let me think. 11 Warriors, Um. Hmm. I'm going to say I really like Lucas Oil Stadium. I think it's incredible. The press box there is so swanky, um, just really comfortable. Um, That might be my number one, actually, because it's so spread out, and it's it's just beautiful. Um, Number two, I think, is probably going to be Jerry World. Um, Believe it or not, I think Lucas Oil Stadium's press box is a lot nicer than Jerry World's. you know, at and Stadium is humongous, but in the press box is really, really nice too. And they have these cool, like, comfortable little wheelie chairs you sit in. I'm all <laughs> about the chairs. You know, a good chair can make for a good story. A bad chair can make for a bad story. You know, reporters <laughs> can be divas sometimes, and I, I, you know, so I'm just I like the nice chairs. I, I like sitting in a nice chair. Um, I think number three is Minnesota Stadium, TCF Bank Stadium. That is beautiful. Um, that 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 press box is incredible there is like it's just all glass on the back end and you can kind of see the city um, it's also doubling as the Minnesota Vikings Viking Stadium so you can you know see why it's so nice and it's just really really spacious um, I'm gonna just throw shade at Penn State's press box really quickly' That's <laughs> the worst press box in the country for a program like Penn State it is, Oh it's like it's like something out of 1975 I
2: swear to god it, it's <laughs> horrible
3: and it's like being on an airplane it's like you just you it's like seven feet tall and you feel like you're crammed and it shakes at the stadium it's horrible um luckily actually Tim and I got shoved into the um the auxiliary seating when we were there in October which ended up working out great because there were huge windows we got to see out of we were right next to all the food um, and Penn State, for as bad as its press box has the best food in the Big Ten. Um, they have a sport, and like some of the guys on the beat, I swear to God, eat like six plates. And I'm like, yep, this is why sports writers are fat.
2: <laughs> and and
3: just, I mean, like Jesus God, um, you know. But I think Penn State's press boxes, I don't understand how they don't have a nicer one. But I just wanted to get that out there. That Penn State's press box needs to be updated. Well, I State is really nice too. But you know, I think after you know having covered it for so long you know, been in it so many times, it kind of becomes, um, it's not Old hat. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a, it's definitely a nice press box. Though. Yeah. You know, what's funny. <clears throat> so I actually, I, I got to be in Ohio state's press box and, and kind of cover like as a beat, re, you know, beat writer a couple of times. Yeah. And I, <laughs> my biggest, I have two memories from it. One was watching, uh, John Cooper, uh, take a whiz, um, and <laughs> a urinal. So that was good. And the other one was like eating five, uh, like McFlurries. Yep. you know, in a row, because <laughs> yep. they were just handing them out. And I was like, yes, this is the greatest experience of my life. Um, okay, last question I have for you on this before we get into Ask Us Anything, because we definitely want you to participate in that.
2: Yeah. Is,
0: is there any, like, story, Ohio State, be whatever, related that you wanted to write about or talk about, but you haven't really gotten a chance to yet?
3: That's interesting. I think, hmm, Ohio State related, to, I, you know what? That's interesting. Um... I think honestly Like something wanted... you've
0: just been keeping in your back pocket that you yeah, want to talk about.
3: You know what I've always kind of found fascinating? And and maybe this is I think I'd probably rambled about this with the other guys I love more. I, I honestly always kinda of wanted to um I mean, I really wanted to just write it I mean there's a lot of stories probably actually in my back pocket now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> I think one that I that I really wanted to write for a long time, just out of curiosity honestly, was it was just something on, on Ohio State's drug testing policies and just and just how that kind of whole works. Sometimes it's kind of confusing. I think you watched last season, you had a guy like Noah Spence um, yeah, essentially get barred from Big Ten play because he failed multiple tests. And you had a couple of other players actually get dismissed. You had Jamal Marcus get dismissed. You had Rod Smith get dismissed. You had a handful of other players that may have or may have not um, gotten into some more internal trouble. And I, I just think that's interesting at that a program – um, you know, it's it's not obviously exclusive to Ohio State, but um, just for whatever reason, I think w- when you're seeing players get dismissed, I think that means that the program is taking a stand um, against that sort of stuff, I think. So it's, I was just interested to kind of look into it and to see what that whole process was like, because I'm sure that's that's interesting. I remember, I think Urban Meyer a couple of years ago, he was in an interview with Chris Fowler from ESPN, and uh, Fowler asked him what the biggest problem and he thought college sports was. And I think Urban Myers said, like, drugs and pointed to some stuff. And, like, you can obviously make the debate whether or not certain drugs would be legal or not. But regardless, sure. I think it was um, – to me, that was just kind of interesting because Urban can be kind of tight-lipped about that kind of stuff. So, he, like, he sometimes isn't so open about that. But it was just, like, right away. And I was like, oh, that – wow. He's like – and that was interesting to me because he had, you know, um, there were reports that he had trouble – you know, players were – not running rampant at Florida, but you know they were there was maybe a loose culture at times, and I feel like maybe Urban had started to crack down on that at Ohio State, and like if you know by talking about it, it it's such a kind of a broad and and very um, deep topic to kind of report on, and it would have taken me a long time. But I haven't completely given it up, so maybe someday I'll try and do something with it. But I just thought that was interesting, just weird little things like, and not little things, but just weird stuff like that, kind of behind. I'm really. Really into like the inner workings um, of a program and just what happens behind the scenes because like once you start covering the games and stuff, the games are just the games. Like they're gonna play the game, one team's gonna win. Usually, Ohio State wins because they're usually the most talented team on the field.
2: And it's just <laughs> right. like,
3: it's just it's just kind of like a cycle. Like it's like even though know, Ohio State won in the national championship, but it's like you know they won the title, but now they're gonna have to repeat and they may. You know what I mean? It's just every you know I think this, the the actual game is just kind of part of the day-in, day-out grind. And I think the cooler stuff to me is kind of what goes on behind the scenes.
0: Well, so to follow up with that real quick, then what's your personal favorite moment that you got to, like, witness or, or do uh, on the Ohio State beat?
3: Yeah, um, that's a good question. I'm trying to – oof, that's a tricky. Um, in terms of, like, a story
0: – Are you trying to think of things you can actually talk about? Or, like, there's just so many of them? or.
3: Kind of Look. both? In terms of the story <laughs> or in terms of just relations with other beat people? Could be anything. Hmm. Hmm.
0: <laughs> and you can't say 11 Dubcast, even though that's clearly the correct answer.
3: I, I would agree. I'm trying to... This is interesting. <laughs> I think... Hmm. Give me a second. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy right now there's like this music playing in the well, background. That's a, that's, it's a big
0: question. It's a big question. I, I is, you know...
3: I Honestly, I think... So what I think – actually, this is maybe kind of a general answer to this question, but I think what's really interesting is just kind of the relationship everyone on the beat kind of has with each other. I don't like – and probably people listening understand this, but like Ohio State has – an, an uh, there are so many websites and newspapers and media outlets that cover Ohio State just like locally. I would argue it might be the most like – in terms of like outlets covering a team – it might, it might be the most popular college team in the country. Maybe, maybe Alabama um, and maybe Notre Dame are kind of you know similar. What um, they like, think right. about it. There's eleven warriors. There's the Ozone. There's Bucknuts. There's Buckeye Groves, There's and obviously there's. I'm there's bleeping back.
0: all of these by the way when this gets published. I'm just telling you that right now.
3: Right. No. Totally. <laughs> um,
1: He's kidding, no, folks. There's no other Ohio State blog out there.
3: That's, that's right. <laughs> But you know, but I think it's interesting because we hear stories about, and we you know we see other beats, and like the guys on the other beats like aren't really friends with each other. Whereas like a lot of the people on the Ohio State beat, there's kind of a bond. They're they're you know they're almost like colleagues in a way that we might not work together. But like these are the people you see um, so often, especially on the road trips and stuff, and like you're all kind of going through the same sort of grind throughout the season. So there's an interesting kind of dynamic that really. Um, kind of gets established with the beat. And it's weird because you have a lot of these, I don't want to call them old timers, but you have a lot of the vets in the beat who tend to be a little bit older. And then you kind of have this like weird gap um, where there's not a lot of people <laughs> in between like 38 and like maybe 29. I mean, there's a couple, right. but then you have like a lot of guys who are like kind of my age who are like anywhere from like um, 23 to 28 and then this this gap, and then you have a lot of the older guys who are veterans. So I just think it kind of makes for an interesting dynamic. Um, one of my favorite people just to watch and just do things is Tim May, because Tim May is just like a legend around Columbus. And I remember one day Tim was just like on like rapid fire questions with Curtis Grant. he was like, Curtis, you ever been skeet shooting or something like that? And Curtis Grant just looked at him like, what? And just like Tim, Tim's little things he'll say, I just, I like, it just sometimes I've like been on the verge of just like laughing out loud in the middle of an interview and I'll just like get to put my hand over my mouth cause it'd just be horribly unprofessional just to burst out laughing on camera. Um, <laughs> but it's just like little things like that, I think stand out and just, I think the dynamic of the entire Ohio state beat and how, um, it's very clicky sometimes. And there's a lot of, it's almost like mean girls occasionally. I don't know. It, it's a weird, it's, it's really cool. I mean, like, I feel like, I mean, I've only been doing it professionally for two years, and I did it for like a year and a half, almost two years at the Lantern, um, but you just, you get to learn a lot about just how people in the media kind of interact with each other. I don't know. It's really weird, and I know that's kind of like inside baseball kind of talk, but I mean, it's uh, it's it's very, I mean, I don't know. It could be a reality TV show, honestly, sometimes.
0: <laughs> that might be the next thing that we work on, actually. Probably. Um
3: well, I appreciate you
0: answering all those questions, and I will appreciate you answering these next set of questions. We, we have ask us anything that we're going to do here real quick. Yeah, um, Michael, do you mind telling people how people can ask us anything?
1: You can ask us anything on Twitter, folks. We have a Twitter account and everything. Um, it's called <laughs> <laughs> Eleven Dubcast. Internet. It's at Eleven Dubcast. That's our Twitter. That's the best place to get us really. But you can also get us at uh, via the old email, which is like now seems outdated now that we got Twitter but uh, it's dubcast at 11warriors.com.
0: Yeah, there you go. Okay, so we've got we've got several questions this week. Um, tell you what, Michael, do you want to you want to read them off? Do you have them up? Uh yeah. Because the first
1: one's for you, I believe. The first one actually it may maybe for me. Let me uh take a look here. We're we going email first. Yeah. Okay. So, I have a question from Mark Roberts, and it is for me actually. says, Michael, when Johnny has an immediate and lengthy, well-thought-out answer to a question like, which breakfast cereal is Urban Meyer, or something comparing Pokemon to Ohio State football, or any other completely obscure and unexpected question he's so good at, do you ever feel like you're in an episode of The Twilight Zone, or that maybe Alan Funt is uh, about to bust out of somewhere and shout, you're on candid camera? Um, No, no, I don't feel like I'm in The Twilight Zone, or like Alan Funt is about to to, to shout, uh, you're on candid camera, because... Johnny legitimately – this is just who he is. He thinks about stuff like in those – in the wee hours, the wee small hours before he drops off to sleep. He thinks, you know, if Urban Meyer was a breakfast cereal, what which one would he be? And he puts a lot of thought into it. So he has these prepared answers whereas they kind of catch me off guard and I just kind of go, I don't know, lucky charms. You know, and and that's just how it goes. I mean you got to just – That's how my brain works. You've got to know Johnny and, you know – I've, we've been doing this a while, so I know how Johnny's brain works, and it's pretty frightening. i got
0: to tell you something, Michael. I have a very well-thought-out um, reason why uh, the remix to Ignition should be our national anthem. Um, but I really hope somebody asks me a question about that, because <laughs> um, I think it's really important. We need to decide our, our national
1: anthem. Now they better. will.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. So we have a second question yes. here. So if the basketball team won the NCAA championship, what would have to happen? Injuries, obstacles surmounted, teams defeated, etc to make its run even close to the amazing run our football team just went on. Pat, what do you think?
3: What would have to happen if Ohio State could make a run to the national championship?
0: Yeah, Yeah, to make it just as amazing as what the football team did.
3: Um, D'Angelo Russell would have to probably turn into Michael Jordan, I think. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good. I would say, I mean, Kentucky would have to implode, because I think they're just, even if Ohio State made some momentum, I mean, Kentucky's such a great great, deep, loaded basketball team. Who knows? Maybe Sad Model will have one of those like Northwestern Evan Ravenel outbursts and the team will be <laughs> completely just turned around at that point. And, cause you never know. D'Angelo Russell could just go off for 29 points every single game and they slip by some teams marked Mark Loving gets hot. Um, you never know, I think, with D'Angelo Russell. I mean, the way the team, and I said this earlier, the way the team played, they played against Wisconsin, I would be really, really shocked if <laughs> they they put a run together quite like the football team, especially because a football team, I mean, that was something I don't think a lot of people expected, but I would say it's highly unlikely Ohio State basketball wins the national championship this year. Well, okay, yeah. I think
1: I think this is this is the, I think the gist of Mark's question is what would have to happen for it to be that amazing like what like what happened with the football team and Cardell Jones oh. stepping up and everything. And I'm thinking here's what would have to happen. Okay, so let's say D'Angelo Russell gets hurt and then all of a sudden, um, Shannon Scott just can't miss a shot. He just cannot miss. He's just like launching, launching threes, and everything's going in. Jake Lorbach somehow becomes a starter. And <laughs> I was about to say Williams that. Yeah, and, and you know, Kata Bates diop comes in and he's scoring, you know, twenty points a game and grab. He's like averaging a double double. I think that's what it. That's what it would take for it to be just as amazing as the football teams run.
0: I really just want to see like. D'Angelo just become basketball Jesus, you know, like, you know, Steph Curry at Davidson or whatever, and just start barraging everybody. Like, that to me would be pretty amazing to watch. I, w- I think I'd like that, to see somebody ascend, essentially ascend into basketball heaven, you know what I mean? And then, like, just, I don't I don't want to say die for it. I don't want them to die, but, you know, metaphorically die on the court, metaphorically uh, for our sins of, like, having to watch, you know, games like Wisconsin. Um... <laughs> Okay. Uh, number three, uh, Michael, how about you start this one off? Is there any kind of 12-step program for those of us who just can't stop watching the Sugar Bowl in the National Championship game?
1: Yes. Uh, Mark, It's the, there is a 12-step program. It's the same exact 12-step program for sex addiction. So just go <laughs> to a sex addict uh, meeting and just do the same steps. Okay. <laughs> That's gross.
0: Uh, <laughs> Pat, what do you think? Is there, is there any kind of way we can wean ourselves off of this thing?
3: I don't think so, honestly. That's been, my, that's been my impression. I mean, my God, Ohio State fans are, are – they would love the Sugar Bowl. I, I don't blame them. It was a good game. I don't know. I That's a really good idea. It's a 12-step program. Oh, my you God. You know what?
0: I, so I didn't even I think was about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't think it might become a problem at some <laughs> point in your life or, like, 12 years down the line, just got to have it in the background to, like, maintain any kind of semblance of, you know, just, like, sanity. Got like, to have my fix.
1: Got to have my fix.
0: No, I seriously, I was at school grading the other day and I was just walking around my classroom straightening stuff up and doing some grading. I just turned it on in the background. I didn't even know. I didn't, you know, I wasn't even listening to the game. Just the 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 fact that I knew that Ohio State would win calmed me down and made me relax enough to complete my work. I was like, "Oh, okay. This is this is my happy place. And this is like when I die at my funeral, there's a couple things that I'm just going to have on a loop on like television screens around my coffin." And I think those two games are definitely going to be on that list. Hey,
3: if it works, it works.
0: Yeah, well, also on that list is, um, you guys ever heard of the Rainbow Conspiracy
1: Theory? No. (laughs) You've talked about this before on the show. Yeah, you
0: should look that video, Pat, you should look that uh, video up on the internet as soon as we're done talking, because that is my, that's also on there. Um... Also, the one where the girl like is holding the dog's leash and she says "go," and then the like she keeps holding on the leash and the dog takes off and she like face plants right into the ground. I've seen that. Um, and oh, there was a song I had too that I wanted to put on there. I don't know. I, I've yeah, I clearly thought this too far out. That's a little yes. morbid. It's an addiction. Uh, though. The
1: other day, I, the other day, I totally I needed to get to a computer because I had to go. So, I suddenly had this urge that I had to see the third and whatever twenty three or twenty seven conversion against michigan state i had to go watch that play
0: yeah um yeah which why wouldn't you um okay so we got we got another set of questions here this one's gregory meds first of all pat do you follow baseball at all are you a baseball guy
3: i'm really not actually it's one of my many flaws i'm not a huge baseball guy i blame okay. it for moving around too much as a kid but um, yeah not a big baseball guy
0: that's a shame. Uh Michael, are you I forget. I, I you, am a I am a baseball fan. Yes. Yeah,
1: cuz you got you follow the Indians, right? Yes, I am a long-suffering Tribe fan.
0: Okay, so I think this one is maybe just for me. This is from uh Greg and he says any thoughts on the Reds this year? Uh give up, Greg. They're not going to be good too like at all. I mean, look, <laughs> they they paid Joey Votto like over 200 million dollars and he immediately gets injured. Right? <laughs> like, that's just you're a Cincinnati sports fan. Pack it in. Give it up. Just enjoy the terribleness and deal with it. They're going to be bad, whatever. They might, In all seriousness, they might win 80 games. Will that make you happy? No, it won't. But you're just going to have to deal with it because <laughs> it's the summer and that's what you got to
1: deal yeah, with. My thoughts are, are the same as every other season of every Cincinnati uh, sport there is, sports team there is. My thoughts are be prepared for disappointment.
0: Yeah, there you go. And just
1: embrace it. Just, just understand that life sucks. Be pleasantly um, surprised when good things happen.
2: Yeah.
0: Second question. Okay, Pat, I'm going to start this off with you, and I don't know how much experience you have with this, but Greg says, I eventually want to travel internationally. Any suggestions on his first stop outside the U.S.? Do you have any suggestions for him?
3: Ooh, that's interesting. So I've actually never been outside the country, so I guess this is kind of a particular You know, I don't really have a a great level of ethos to talk about it, but I've heard Dublin, Ireland is an incredible city. I I would go to Dublin. I mean, for whatever reason, I've been, like, yearning to get out there or, um, Madrid. I don't know. I would love to go either Madrid, Dublin, or Berlin. I took like six or seven years of German through like high school and college. And nice. I was too poor to ever go in high school. So I would definitely go out to Berlin or something like that. Just like once you're in Europe, I mean, you're kind of close to, I mean, it's not like a stone throw, but like you can kind of take the train and kind of navigate your way around. So I would, I mean, I would start in like Dublin and just kind of like gallivant across the continent.
0: <laughs> that's an excellent suggestion actually. I think that's that's a really good idea. Michael, have you been out of the country?
1: I have not had a long uh you know, uh, long range travel, you know, outside the country. I've been outside the country a few times, but so I haven't been overseas. I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give you an underrated city that you probably wouldn't get from a lot of people. I'm gonna say okay. a good place to visit, a really great town is Ottawa. To Ooh, go interesting. To go to Why? Canada, go to Ottawa. It's a great town, lots of great restaurants and bars, and across the river they got uh Hall Quebec. You can uh, go to the casino there. So uh, it's it's a good time. I, I had a great time in Ottawa.
0: Interesting. I, I don't believe you at all, but that's interesting. Um so I my okay, so I've had three experiences outside of the country, um one much more lengthy than the other one, but I, I went to Tijuana when I was a teenager, uh, with my family. <laughs> I don't recommend that.
1: Um, you don't recommend going, just, or you don't recommend going with your family, because that's, uh, that's two different vacations right there.
0: I gotta tell you something. At this point, either yeah. one. Um, I accidentally broke a piece of a chess set in Tijuana and I had to end up paying like fifty bucks for the entire chess set. So there, we also went to we went to the Hard Rock Cafe Tijuana and again, not a recommended place to go. Um, it, it wasn't great. Uh, I've been on the other side of Niagara Falls. Whatever, it's a tourist trap. You been in looked yeah, I lived in Japan, so that's the third thing. Uh, I you know, I got to tell you something. I would not probably live in Japan again. Um, and, and, you know, I had a great time. I loved it. I don't want to downplay Japan at all. It's, it's an excellent country in a lot of ways. It's just maybe not the best place for me to live. Um, but man, if you're going to visit Japan, it is incredibly easy to get around. The people are super friendly. It is incredibly safe. Uh, they used to have a deal where you could, like, basically for 300 the equivalent of $300, you could buy a month rail pass and just go on whatever train you wanted. English, it, like, you know, English script in English is written everywhere. Wow. Uh, it's, people wow. are just super friendly. I really, really recommend going to Japan if you get the chance. It's it's a haul. I mean, it's like a 13 and a half hour flight, but it is definitely worth it. And, you know, I didn't really speak any Japanese when I went to go there and live, and I didn't die, and... I think that's a testament to maybe how open and, and kind people are. So, and by the way, people tend to avoid it, but hit up Kyushu if you can. It's the southernmost islands where I lived. It's it's beautiful. It is. They call it the Anaka, which is basically like the boonies, you know, like out in the the woods. The, the same stereotypes uh, about the American South kind of are the same in Japan about the South, you know southern part of Japan. So they're like all rednecks and hicks, but they're great. <laughs> and I recommend checking that out. Check out you know Fukuoka or you know, Miyazaki or, you know, or Nagasaki or the place where I lived, which was Mikanojo. Uh We called it Dejo. Um, so, yeah, I, Japan's a pretty sweet place, and I definitely recommend taking a look-see. So uh, do we have any questions on Twitter? We do. We do have oh, uh, cool.
1: some Twitter questions. Uh, Bradley James wants to know, any movement on a black jersey for next year?
3: Oh, Pat, have you heard anything about that? I've heard nothing about it ever since the whole. <laughs> I remember when that went down, I mean, my God, people freaked out over it. I mean, there's something to be said about people's uh, love for the black jersey. As far as I know, I don't think there's anything in the works, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw something service in the next couple of years. I think that wasn't an accident by Urban leaving that kind of mock-up on his uh, his table. is definitely, I think, kind of intentional, so that would be interesting to watch for.
0: Yeah. And people go nuts over that. Like people want a black Jersey so bad and it's going to be really funny when they, I I agree. I think they'll eventually get it. I think that'll come. I'm
1: hoping not. I'm hoping not. (laughs) I just, you know, yeah. Call me old fashioned, but, um, you know, once the LA Kings switched from purple to black and silver, I, I just said, you know, let it be their thing. Everybody else went to black after that. It was like, just let it be the Kings thing. All right. Um, Kyle Swingle on Twitter uh wants to know, uh if you could compete on any game show, not considering the prize amounts, what would it be?
0: Ooh, Pat, what do you think? What would you do?
3: If I could compete on a game show. Hmm. Hmm. Price <laughs> is right.
0: Nah, yeah, that's that's my answer too. That's that's you know, you're sick at home during elementary school. That's yeah. basically your the life you want to live. You know, and and that's that's my answer as well.
1: Yeah, I kind of like the um, this is going back a ways, but I like the match game.
0: Ooh, that <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Look too. it up, also, kids.
1: Look it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was also a big fan of the uh, ten thousand dollar pyramid. I thought that I could have like kicked some serious tail on that one, but. So is that it? Is, are we have we successfully navigated through Ask Us Anything?
1: We have exhausted our supply of Ask Us Anything questions, Johnny.
0: Well, that was awesome, and I really appreciate everyone for writing in and asking us literally everything this week. We got a ton of questions, and that's awesome. And I want to thank you, Patrick Max, not just for you know helping us with Ask Us Anything and doing the interview, but doing such an amazing job on Eleven Warriors. Uh, we serious, in all seriousness, we're really going to miss you. Uh, your uh, you know your journey to the uh, the old gray lady is incredibly deserved. So, you know, we wish you the best of luck and we're glad we got to talk to you before you peace out here.
3: Yeah. Thanks guys. And I'll be around. So anytime you want to have me back on to talk, whatever, beat life, or if I'm living in a box homeless, because I can't make friends, <laughs> I'm just freelancing and cobbling paychecks together. You know, I can totally talk about that too. The fall from great. That'd be Awesome. <laughs>
0: okay. Also joining us tonight. Uh, we're very lucky to have our own, uh, Kurt Heinrichs, uh, writer here, for wrestling, for 11 Warriors. Uh, we need guys like you to help us out because I think Ohio State fans get so focused on football and to a lesser extent basketball that we ignore some really amazing things going on. And I don't want to downplay wrestling at all. Wrestling is an incredibly important sport sport culturally, for especially for the Midwest. So I, I'm really glad that we get to have you on, especially after the the action recently. So can you like just... Real quickly summarize what has happened recently. Like how what's been going on with the Ohio State men's wrestling? Team? Okay,
2: just real quick. Yeah, so uh, you know the past couple of years, the Buckeye wrestling team has uh, you know, had some ups and downs. Last year, it was uh, uh, kind of a rebuilding or, or reloading year, if you will. You know, a lot of guys that were key recruits were redshirted, um, and, and it was very thinly veiled that this was the season that they were going to make a run for the NCAA title. Um, And then this past weekend, uh, the Big Ten tournament was actually at St. John Arena uh, with the Buckeyes hosting, uh, and it had been since Harry Truman was in office that Ohio State (laughs) earned uh, the championship at the Big Ten tournament. And they didn't win it outright this year, um, but the Buckeyes did tie with perennial favorite, Iowa. Uh, It actually came down to the last match in the heavyweight division, and if Ohio, if Iowa's uh, heavyweight would have won the title, Iowa would, would have won outright. But uh, Northwestern's heavyweight uh, got an unbelievable uh, amount of support from the Ohio State fans. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was as loud as, as it was all day, and uh, you know for a kid from Northwestern, so that was pretty cool to see. But uh, you know the Buckeyes ended up tying with with Iowa, so Big Ten co-champs. Um, but probably the storyline of the year has got to be Logan Steber, at 141 pounds for Ohio State. He is in line. He's he's undefeated on the season. Uh, He has three losses in his career. Uh, He is a redshirt senior from Monroeville, Ohio, and he is looking to become just the fourth wrestler in NCAA history to win four NCAA titles. Wow. Um, Mm. Over the weekend, he was the first Ohio State wrestler— to ever win four big 10 titles. Um, and he did it in absolutely dominating fashion. So, uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of storylines this year, um, with the Buckeyes making a run for the title, but you, you gotta look first and foremost at Logan Stever. He's just had an outstanding career and an unbelievable season so far.
1: Well, Kurt, you know, I went to Ohio State several presidents ago, and ever since then I knew I knew Iowa was a really good wrestling school. Um, so I'm a little more versed than Johnny, who was asking me just the other day, you know, where are the turnbuckles uh, in college <laughs> wrestling. Um, but what I'd like to know and I, what I, our listeners probably want to know is how Ohio State is positioned for the NCAAs, both as a team and individually. So maybe you could expound on that a little bit.
2: Sure, um, you know Ohio State had uh, two Big Ten champs, um, and it you know I, I like to compare things uh, to football because that seems to appeal to the masses, and I would say <laughs> maybe not so much this year. So we'll ignore the 2014 season, but I would say prior to that, I would have compared Big Ten wrestling to like SEC football, where it was. You know, even our our teams that finish in the middle of the pack are probably better than your best team in your in your conference. Um, granted, there aren't nearly as many colleges that field wrestling programs, but you know, the ones that do, um, you know, they the, they tend to you know be in the Big Ten, the the, the front runners, that is. Um, you know, so uh, let's see. So Ohio State, you know. It, got runner-up or, you know, co-champs in the Big Ten Tournament, had two outright champions, four finalists overall, um, and and those are all guys that I would look for to finish very, very high at the NCAA Tournament. Um, If you finish in the top eight in your weight class, you're considered an All-American. I don't think it's without, you know, outside of the realm of possibility that the Buckeyes probably could end up with six six All-Americans this year, I would say, (laughs) out of ten weight classes.
1: Wow, that's
0: incredible. That's really incredible. Um, so here's the thing that I want to ask, and this is, you know, again, maybe you can relate it to football a little bit, but, you know, different players have different strengths, mm-hmm. you know, in, in whatever sport you're talking about. What makes Logan Stever so good? Like what about his technique or ability and, and whatever facet of the, of the sport makes him so good so consistently? Sure.
2: Um, yeah. You know, okay. So wrestling is basically contested in three different positions. So you're either on your feet in the neutral position or you're either in top control or bottom. And, uh, when Logan Stieber is on top, um, he, he's unlike anybody I've ever seen. He simply dominates people. Um, it just, and, and I don't think that, uh, I, I think a lot of times dominate is a word that is overused. Uh, but in this case it is very, very appropriate. Um, in his big 10 championship match, uh, he beat the kid from Iowa. He had a takedown within the first 10 seconds. And at the end of the first, uh, first period, which was three minutes long, he was ahead 14 to one. So he he took (laughs) the kid down, let the kid up, took him down again. And then every time you turn the guy within a 45 degree angle of being flat on his back, uh, for a two count, you get two points. Or for a five count, you get three points. Um, And so Logan ended up turning the kid and and was up 14-1 to at the end of the first period. Uh, (laughs) That's incredible. Seven seconds into the second period, he took him down for another two points. And uh, in, in college wrestling, if you are ahead by a margin of 15 points or more, they automatically stop the match um wow. it, it's it's basically the mercy rule of wrestling and <laughs> you know he just you know demoralized the kid from Iowa Josh Jeva and and you know he he's a tough wrestler himself but this is the second time this season that Logan is, has beaten him by tech fall and uh it's it starts with uh you know his top control once he's on top he's got a couple of different combinations but once he puts those in it's kind of like well you know you, you do your best to stop it but there's not a whole lot you can do.
1: All right, Kurt. So before we let you get out of here, we want to know uh, where Ohio State finishes nationally in the NCAA tournament and which Buckeyes, if any, win the national title individually.
2: Uh, you know, I think you you definitely have to uh, count the Buckeyes in. In I would say, if not, you know, the, the top spot, I would say they're definitely in the running. Um, a lot of years, the the Buckeyes. Uh, finish higher at the NCAA tournament than they do at the Big Ten tournament because the talent pool is so much bigger at the NCAA tournament that it kind of gets a little bit diluted. And Ohio State has kids that just, you know, like Logan Siever that if you win the national title, you're going to score a huge amount of points. Um, I think you have to look at Iowa. You've got to look at Minnesota um, as, uh, you know, as, as potential contenders. Uh Let's see. So, you know, I would say Ohio State should be in the running with those guys. Um, Cornell has a very outside shot, and Missouri as well. Missouri is going to be very, very tough, um, but they're actually a MAC program in uh, mm. collegiate wrestling. So, you know, their, uh, you know, their level of competition throughout the season, it, it's, it's great. It, it's very good. They did win the national duels, but I'm not sure that, that, that a lot of their guys are going to be able to score points at the national level. Um, to answer your next question, I, I think Logan Steber is definitely, you know, far and away the front runner at 141 pounds. Um, he should win, and in uh, you know, pretty convincing fashion. And like I said, he'll be just the fourth NCAA wrestler to win his fourth NCAA title. Uh, guys like Nathan Tomasello, who is a redshirt freshman, uh, he knocked off the two-time defending national champ from Illinois uh in the semis and then beat a a kid head-to-head from Iowa uh to win the Big Ten title so he's you know he may not win but he will definitely uh win a lot of matches and score some points along the way um and and, uh, uh, as well as at 165 pounds the Buckeyes have a redshirt freshman named Bo Jordan uh Bo lost actually to his first cousin Uh, and and former high school teammate Isaac Jordan at uh, the Big Ten tournament uh, in the finals. That was his first collegiate loss, including his redshirt season and this season. Uh, Bo was outstanding. I wouldn't uh, wouldn't count him out from a a trip to the finals. And then Ohio State has a a kid at 197 pounds, true freshman Kyle Snyder. Uh, He also was a Big Ten runner-up. He's going to be tough to beat at the NCAA tournament as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for uh, for helping us understand this. And people, man, if you're listening to this, please start following it uh, if you aren't already, because I think that's it's a really awesome sport. Uh, it takes a ton of dedication, and we're really glad that we can have a guy like you, Kurt, to, to help us like understand it and learn a little bit more about it. So thanks, man.
2: My pleasure. And, you know, this is actually the perfect time of year if you are going to, you know, for the casual fan, because ESPN – uh, does broadcast a great deal of the NCAA tournament, which is not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And uh, they do a great job of explaining it and breaking things down in layman's terms so that way the casual fan can understand it. So if you have any interest at all, it's uh, next weekend, and, and it'll be on ESPN. ESPNU. And then the finals are always on Saturday night on ESPN.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, and uh, we appreciate you coming on tonight. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kirk. Thanks, Kirk.
2: Thanks again to
0: both Kurt and Pat for coming on with us tonight. It's it's a little synergy tonight, you know, and maybe maybe I'll get a little business for that. That's fine. I wanted to say goodbye to Pat, and I'm really glad we got to have Kurt on and talk about wrestling. Thanks to both of those guys. I thought that was great. And Michael, I have a final question for you.
1: Uh, okay, you know I'm I'm ready because I finally got to talk to Pat Max on uh, the Dubcast.
0: Yeah, I know it's 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 sad <laughs> and it took us this long to do it, but. Here it is. Okay, so um, we have been talking about beat writing and the experience of doing that, and you have some experience yourself, kind of doing something uh, along those lines. I mean, you—you—that <coughs> was your job yes. for a while. Maybe not Ohio State football, but uh, you definitely did that kind of work. And my question to you is, Michael, let's say you're on the Ohio State football beat. What is one question you have been dying to ask Urban Meyer?
1: One question that I've been dying you would to ask, ask if Urban you were in that position. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, any question that makes you go "Oh crap!" I have no answer for that is a great question. <laughs> so, so that's what happened. I win. Um, you do. You win. Uh, this round goes to you, Johnny. But I, I think you know. I I have to uh, give that some thought. But if I if if I had to just riff something off the top of my head, which I do, thanks, Johnny. <laughs> um, I would say the one thing I really want to ask, uh, Urban Meyer about is, uh, is, you know, what he and the coaches talked about in that week after jt barrett was hurt like how did those conversations go were they like were they like oh crap what the hell are we going to do we got the <laughs> we got the big 10 title game and then you know maybe the maybe the playoffs or was it like ah eh, we got this you know i really I want to know what that room was like you know
0: Wow, that is that is actually a very excellent answer to that. That that's really, really good. I was you know, I was hoping for something that may be silly, but you gave me an even better answer than that. Uh well I was thinking like please rank for me all of Jimmy Buffett's albums.
2: What cereal are you? <laughs> yeah, what cereal
0: are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, because he's a big Jimmy Buffett fan, right? Yes, yes, he is. So I want him to rank all of Jimmy Buffett's albums, and I think he's got like a thousand albums. So I wanna, I want to know what he believes are the Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits.
1: Yeah, right. Like,
0: is it just Cheeseburger in Paradise, or like other ones that you know, like what he thinks is like the great, like let's say somebody who's never been exposed to Jimmy Buff- Buffett before. Mm-hmm. What does Urban Meyer think should be like the starting point? What is their what is Jimmy Buffett's like Led Zeppelin II? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Wh- how do you get into Jimmy Buffett? I need to know Urban Meyer. And if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you undoubtedly are, uh, please please let us know what what is the best Jimmy Buffett album to get into, and and, and could you
1: rank all of his albums? Yes. What are the most so, one of the most underrated albums? Where do you stand on the whole Last right. Mango in Paris? Where, where where is that on your uh, on your <laughs> ranking?
0: Exactly. All right, well, anyway, until he gets back to us, uh, for this week, uh, again, thanks for everybody uh, for coming on and listening and all that good stuff. I am Johnny Ginner.
1: I'm Michael Citro.
0: And we'll see you guys next time.
1: Peace.